Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jolly Jarvis, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Now, you have heard for some time that the book is on its way. Well, it is out the 10th of May, so it's out this coming Monday. So today I'm going to do a quick update for you, and then I'm going to play you the introduction and the first chapter of the audiobook, which will be out on the 28th of May. So exciting times. If you want to wait until it's in your favourite format, Audible, well, presumably there's me making an assumption. Uh, then I have a say, it will be the 28th of May that that will be available. If you can't wait for that and you are happy to give it a read on Kindle, then it is the 10th of May. So first things first, it comes out on Kindle version. Uh, we push it and, and get the best outcome we can for it um, as far as rankings and everything else is concerned. Um, the aim, of course, is to do bestseller. If we get bestseller, that will be amazing. And then from there, we go on and we turn it into the, the paperback format, hard copy um, that you can then um, purchase, uh, not just off Amazon, but off my sales funnel. So you'll be able to, to get it directly from me as well. Um, so that should all be happening by the end of the month and it will all be up and running. So as I've just you know mentioned there, the book forms a part of the, the sales funnel that we're creating, you know, sales funnel as in a sales journey for potential customers to take them from sort of first touch point, getting to know me through to buying from me and working, working with me. Um, that is the plan. The reason why a book's been created, just for a bit of background, guys, before we get started, the reason why the book has been is, is a good move to have uh, as far as a first purchase is it's a low price and it's a reasonably low level of commitment. So it means that you know they're not having to spend hours and hours. They're not committing to going on some sort of weird boot camp with me, or you know, um, they're not committing to working with me one on one. I'm paying you know a few thousand for it. They are looking at a small purchase to test the waters to see what I'm like. Um, and so you know that's a nice, easy, easy get to know me kind of purchase. The reason why I created a book, just in case. Um, you know, you haven't heard me talk around it before. My main driver for that was to make it accessible. So I have people in my in my world who they can't afford the one to one. They can't afford the one to one because there's an irony with sales training that normally you have a problem with sales, and that's why you want to, you know, you want to you want to get some training on it. The people I can help the most are the ones which can afford me the least, and so that the book has enough in it that people will be able to take action. And they will be able to make changes. And I believe that the information in that book can get them to a point where they can then pay to work with me if they so wish. So a quick update for you guys. The book is obviously keeping us a little bit busy. I've also been asked to write a few articles for a local magazine, um, business magazine. So that's quite exciting. And they're actually launching their book club in that. Um, and my book's going to be the first book, which is very exciting. We are obviously ramping up with all the different bits of copy and bits of elements that are needed for the, the sales funnel itself. And we have already got the website live. Now, for those of you, when you dip into the book come Monday, you will see that there's a load of worksheets 
and there's a worksheet for each chapter. So at the end of each chapter, there's a worksheet which helps you to go through and relate the information in the chapter to your specific business. The the main ethos of, of what I do is to look at where you know you are good at communicating in your way. No one can communicate exactly like you do. Okay, so you're the communicator, you're the person, you're you. I know about sales and I can help you to mould your communication to be more effective at sales while still saying, staying within you know, the realms of what you would say, the way that you would communicate. And obviously the most important thing, which is your own integrity. So that is the, the, the aim of the book. Um, and the, therefore the worksheets to me were super, super important to bring that to life in order to enable you to take the information in the book and, and action it. It's really easy to read a book and be like, oh yeah, that was good. But if you don't have anything tangible then to go away and think, right, this is how I implement this in my business. And that's what the worksheets are designed to do. They're designed to bridge the gap between the information in the case studies in the book and actually the real life for you and implementing it. So I would like to think that the book has done that. So far in you know the soft phase of the launch, we've had reviews come in from people. So people are reviewing the book for me. So some people I know, some randoms, ahead of the launch on Monday when the worksheets and everything else will be available. So it's all very, very exciting. What I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to leave you to listen to the introduction and chapter one. And then I'm going to come back, talk to you about the next step. So this is actually the clips from the audible recordings that I made um, in the studio. Introduction, how it came to this. I was born into an entrepreneurial family. My parents founded and ran a number of businesses during my childhood, which evolved over time as opportunities arose, from hydraulic engineering to catering. As I got older, I inevitably got stuck into the family business, working full-time during school holidays and ending up running the business solo for a couple of weeks a year to give my parents a much-needed holiday. The hours were gruelling, but the experience taught me so much about business, staff, customer service and the day-to-day running of a business. The expectation from the staff and customers was that I would take over the business once I'd finished school. Although not once did my parents place that expectation on me, the natural progression in my family was to head to university, and that's exactly what I did. Very predictably, I went to study business. I was on a mission. I wanted a decent job with a decent company so I could get a house with room for a pony, or more specifically, my beloved horse. I spent a year on placement as part of my degree and landed a very sought-after role with the confectionery company Mars supporting the sales team in their coin recognition unit division. The technology and vending machines that knows you've put in a real coin and not just a plastic disc. This was the first time I truly got an insight into what sales involved. The most appealing thing was the fact that failed salespeople didn't have to sit in an office all day. Instead, they travelled about in their very nice company cars. I was sold. I returned to university for the final year, clear that an office environment was not for me and that the freedom of sales was the best option. I got on another mission, juggling final exams with job interviews so I could go straight from university into my independent life. I secured a job with an international medical devices company and so my life in medical sales began. Just five days after my final exams, I started on their eight-week residential training course. This was to be the most comprehensive and valuable start to my sales career I could have ever wished for. At the time, the commute and the time away was a total inconvenience. But I really didn't know how fortunate I was. Just eight weeks later, having been trained to the point of almost being choreographed, I was good to go. 
My initial customer base was district and specialist nurses. On reflection, it was a gentle introduction into the medical world at a time when resources and time were not stretched like they are now. This initial role marked the start of a 12-year career in medical sales, in full transparency, with the exception of two-year career break to travel the world. I moved from sales representative to account manager and then to key account manager, taking on more responsibility and opportunities to train others. Eventually, I finally landed myself as a product manager under the quirkiest of managers I have ever worked for at a lean but very successful pharmaceutical company based just outside London. At the same time, Martin, my husband-to-be, and I dabbled in a number of different startup models. We secured investment in an artisan food subscription box company, marking the start of our life in the online sales world. Whilst the business was found to be unscalable, the lessons, contacts and business experience we obtained in those two years provided a strong foundation and awareness of the business opportunities that existed online and the challenges and the needs that many of those businesses had. Back at my day job, the company was fantastic and heavily investing in me. I was newly married. Martin and I made the decision to start a family, something that can really impact your career development. The company was really supportive, but as soon as my daughter arrived, I knew I couldn't continue to give everything to my role and be the parent I wanted to be. I saw an opportunity in the online world to help those who had a great product offering, but had no sales and marketing know-how to do their offering justice. This lack of experience resulted in attracting the wrong sort of clients and making them feel they were barely scraping by. I used my maternity leave to explore this opportunity and set up a sales training business. By the time I needed to hand in my notice, I was generating enough income by working part-time to cover my share of the bills. I was also already expecting my second child. My boss was fantastic and tried to persuade me to stay, but my mind was made up. I felt all the emotions at once. I was doing this working for yourself thing for real. Whilst my motivation was lifestyle from the beginning, I was adamant I wanted the business to be a success. It would not be a hobby job. It needed to pay for itself and pay me. Within 18 months, the business was paying me more than I'd been taking home in my corporate job. I was confident I could tick off the business as a success in its own right. To create efficiencies and save us time, Martin and I made the decision to merge the lead generation agency Martin ran under his name with my sales training business. Using predominantly organic marketing, I increased awareness of the sales element of the business, but our ideal customers were fundamentally different. Sales training attracted customers who should be focusing on getting their message right and securing consistency in their unpaid advertising, while the marketing agency was all about clients who knew their ideal customer and were ready to scale with paid advertising. At the same time, selling without sleaze as an approach had evolved. Describing pushy sales techniques as sleazy resonated with me and, more importantly, my audience. People could easily understand what I was talking about. Having always been a fan of things doing what they say on the tin, it seemed the right time for selling without sleaze to go out on its own. Similar to the way in which the business has evolved, the programmes and support packages have developed too. It was important I implemented my own advice in my business, so my packages are based around the need for my ideal customer and will continue to develop as my ideal customer and my understanding of their needs change. Hopefully as you read this, you've already found similarities between yourself and those whom I enjoy working with. You are great at what you do, but what you do isn't sales and marketing. Some of my favorite clients came to own their own businesses, not because they wanted a business, but because they were passionate about what they do. Running their own business was the only way to do what they did in a way that they wanted to do it. Running a business essentially requires you to do everything, sales, marketing, production, admin, finance, and the list goes on. However, rarely is someone good at everything. Being aware of what you are good at and where your weaknesses lie 
are the first steps to addressing those shortfalls. I work with so many people who are on what I call the hamster wheel of implementation. They're busy working hard with a handful of clients so desperate to develop the business beyond where it is that they have little time to invest in moving it along. Many of them are disheartened by the thought that if they develop the business further, they would not find time for those additional customers. Breaking free and taking your business to the next level comes from change. If you only do what you've always done, then you will only get what you've always got. This was a sentiment expressed by Henry Ford, and I think it's totally true. Most people realise that things need to change when they've become tired and despondent and fall out of love with their business. Despite their efforts working in the business, they move no further forwards. They're always financially scraping by and working with people who tend to be tricky and demanding, who don't appreciate the value they're getting. Sales is the clear problem because there isn't enough revenue coming in to reinvest in the business or even for the business owner to be financially comfortable. Are you aware of your competitors performing better than you despite you having a better product? This is where marketing and sales can make the difference, even though it shouldn't. And that's where I come in. I'm working with people just like you who want to get in front of better quality customers and convert them into their ideal customer. So they are earning more and running a business in which they can feel confident. By the time you finish this book, I would love for you to feel more positive about sales and more confident about what to say and do to get in front of and convert your ideal customer. If nothing else, I hope to change your thought process on the sleaziness of sales. You can sell effectively and successfully without resorting to underhanded, sleazy sales techniques, and I'd like to talk you through how. So, if you're ready to get started, I'd like to begin by introducing you to TAC, an acronym which encompasses my simple-to-follow sales framework, Target, Approach, Communicate, Close, with TAC, you can increase your sales sleaze-free. Chapter 1, TAC. Target approach, communicate close. Why sales is so important. My experience has taught me that with structure comes clarity, which is essential for making that thing happen. When I know what I'm supposed to be doing, it's much more likely to get done. I procrastinate less, focus more, and know when to celebrate a job well done, which is, of course, the fun bit. I must admit that giving my approach the structure and framework it needed took me a lot longer than I thought it would. But that level of clarity was needed if I was going to make my program as easy as possible for clients to follow and implement. Done correctly, the structure would help more people enjoy the freedom and excitement that comes with selling confidently without feeling like you're being too pushy or sleazy. Over time, working with so many ideal customers, more on this in chapter two, for a range of different backgrounds, my training evolved from the sexy sales call to the overall customer journey. And from there, the acronym TAC evolved, providing me with that clarity and structure I'd been looking for. That's when Selling Without Sleaze as a Movement was born, and that's what I'm sharing with you in this book. How it all started. The thing is, my competitor's product isn't as good as mine. People who use mine always tell me how great it is, and they are shocked more people don't use it. If I had a pound every time I heard this, I would have a lovely passive income. My client's product or service may vary and their markets might be totally different, but the feelings of frustration bordering on despair are always the same. During one of my firstborn's late night dream feeds, I pondered the reason for this mismatch of client skills and popularity. As those of you with children will know, this is not the feed for cooing and being all interactive. The aim is to fill them up with milk and get yourself back to bed. Ideally, without totally waking them up, hence the name dream feed. This was a whole new online world for me that thanks to my husband's business, I was beginning to be exposed to. Up until this point, my sales skills had been mostly reserved for the medical, devices and pharmaceutical world, with the exception of working in sales for events and festivals for our startup business. 
This all seems so entirely different. There seem to be so many talented business owners out there creating fantastic products who are struggling to generate even a fraction of the demand that their product offerings seem to deserve. I spent that feed wondering what it was. Fast forward a couple of weeks and I was looking around a daycare for my child. The career woman in me was still adamant I was heading back to full-time work in nine months' time and being that vision of the successful woman who seemed to have it all. There was, however, a niggling feeling also at play, making me feel all weird and totally incapable of being more than 10 minutes away from my new bundle of joy. These were just hormones, I kept telling myself, and they will pass. The nursery owner talked me through the lunchtime and tea time structure. She said, we sit round a table just like a family because for the full timers, this is the only chance they will get to sit like a family all week. And with that one sentence, that niggle became an overriding power. And I decided before I'd even finished the nursery tour that under no circumstances was I returning to my corporate job. I wanted a career, but I wanted those tea times too, and not just at weekends. So I began thinking. As my husband will tell you, Sarah on a mission is a force to be reckoned with. I didn't have the time to mess about. I wanted a new plan for my career, and I wasn't prepared to press the pause button on progressing my own skills and achievements while being a mum. As I drove home, my mind returned to what I believed was that opportunity, that unmet need, which so many business owners seem to have, effective sales and marketing tools. Having done more research, I found one significant drawback. The individuals experiencing the mismatch in the quality of their offering and the uptake of it that I had pondered during that night feed were really reluctant to do sales, mostly because they had misconceptions about sales. There were no mistaking my challenge. These misconceptions and reluctance among my potential clients to put themselves out there were significant barriers to overcome. I thought long and hard about making these people my target audience. They needed to be open to learning new things and selling if I was going to have any hope of helping them and creating myself a business from it. I immersed myself in online networks of business people, joining groups and overhearing Martin talk to clients about their business challenges. After that, I was ready to strike, or so I thought. First things first, I knew I needed to test the concept to make sure that I could get results working with these non-corporate businesses and that they were willing and able to pay for training. Explaining the structure of Sales Core came easily to me. I've been using my own version, plucked from the hours of professional sales courses, successfully with customers for years. But what took me by surprise was the absence of true pre-selling prior to these calls. There were high expectations for a sales call and people were putting pressure on themselves to generate a sell from what was, fundamentally speaking, cold lead. I was also beginning to understand the varying abilities of trainers and gurus in the market and the pressure tactics some of these were employing to get people to sign up to their sales training programmes. It felt so wrong to see how many people were encouraged to behave out of character and so very sad to witness how some customers were being treated. The disciplined and highly regulated industries I'd worked in had unwittingly sheltered me for ever being in a position to learn these bad habits. My sales success, performance awards and invaluable customer relationships had all been achieved towing a very strict line of conduct. Witnessing the chaos that derived from the freedom of a market that wasn't regulated was inspiring and frightening in equal measure. The whole premise of the sales process is that you, the seller, gets to know the buyer. There are many parallels to dating in this process, and I must warn you in advance, you will be subject to quite a few of them during this book. At this point, I only want to emphasise the need to be considerate of where you, the salesperson, are in relation to your potential customer. For instance, do they know who you are? Do you know who they are? Are you sending information out into the world and hoping it resonates with someone? Are you focusing on a particular group of people? 
I knew after my very first one-to-one session with one of my beta testers that I needed to provide them with a non-corporate, easy-to-follow structure to understand where, in the process, potential customers were and what the business needed to do to generate more sales. Following well over 500 hours of sales training later, TAC was born. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that and that gave you a little flavour of what the book is like. The structure of the book is that every chapter goes through at least one case study. In the vast majority of cases, it is one case study. And, you know, it opens up with their scenario. Then you've got the information on, you know, what actually you need to be doing, what's the sort of background, what's the theory on that, and, and then the conclusion for that person. As the book goes on, I tend to follow that structure a little bit more loosely, let's say. Um, and the reason for that is, it, is it fitted? Um, I was communicating in my own style. I was, yes, I appreciated the structure and I, and I used the structure where I felt it was appropriate. But, you know, as my confidence in writing increased as I went through the book, I was able to um, elaborate on things, bring in other potential stories. Um, and, and that's very much like your sales journey. The idea of the worksheets and the information isn't to create a mini version of me, as I said before, it's to communicate in your own style and to feel more confident selling. Once you're in that position, you are obviously going to go off piece, you're going to add things, you're going to make it your own, but you're going to use that as a framework, as a guide. Um, and, and that's the entire aim. Just as, to reiterate, guys, you know, the book should take you around about two hours, apparently, if you're a, a decent speed of reader. Um, when I've ever sat down and, and read a book cover to cover in two hours, I couldn't tell you, but um, that's the, the sort of length that, that it's aiming at. It's it's in, designed to be digested quickly, and then you can put it into to action straight away. You know, guys, I'm open to feedback. I'm looking forward. I'm slightly scared, I must admit, but I am looking forward to hearing what, what you think and whether that has hit the mark on that and you were able to do that. So please do feedback, leave Amazon reviews, and, you know, drop me an email at Sarah at sellingwithoutsleeves.com if you have any feedback that you want to share with me. So next week, guys, I'm going to be talking to you about objections and handling those objections and using them to your advantage so that you can communicate with your client and you can let them know and reassure them that you are the right decision. So thanks for listening, guys. Please do go and check out the book on Amazon and I will speak to you again next week. Bye for now. Happy selling. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.